Good evening. Tonight, tonight, today's, today's daf is daf nun hey. We're going to, Mirza Hashem, finish Pedak Shosh Nagak Asapara. Let us begin. We're holding Shol Rebichanina ben Ogil. The last, second to last line of the two daf, Shol Rebichanina ben Ogil. Got it? Okay. Shol Rebichanina ben Ogil as Rebichia bar Abba. So, Rebichanina ben Ogil asked Rebichia bar Abba. He said, Mifnima. So he asked him like this, why is it that the Aserah Sadibris is twice written in the Torah? Parshas Yisrael and in Parshas in, in Devarim. Now, it says, That's what it says twice. It says about honor your father and mother in the Torah. But the second time in Devarim, when it repeats about respecting your father and mother, the Torah says, "Why leman leman So why does the Torah use the expression? Why does the Torah give an expression of tev? Why not say the first time? So Amar So what happened was is so now he says Rabbi tells instead of asking me why it says tev in the Dibras Achrenis. Shalani im nemer ben tev im lav. Ask me bechlal if it says tev or not. Sheni dem nemer ben tev im lav. I don't know if it says tev or not. I'm not such a bucky. Klach yitzor reb tanchum ben chanilai. Go to this guy tanchum ben chanilai. Shayrogo yitzor reb yishub ben levi shayibaki bagoda. He was fluent. He was by yishub ben levi and he was a bucky in agoda. And maybe he'll have an answer to your question. So also the gabe. So reb chanina. Went to this Chanina ben uh, so now Chanina ben Ogu went to Reptanchum ben Chanilai, uh, and he asked him Amalei. So he tells Reptanchum, "Me men uloishamaiti." I didn't hear from Yibishub and Levi this answer. Alakach Amalei Shmuel Barnochum Achi Imishal Av Rav Acha Bereb Chanina Ramrla Avi Imishal Rav Acha Bereb Chanina. What did he tell me? Hoyol v'Soifon leishtaber. Since the luchos of Yishenis are going to get broken. They did not want to put the word toiv in the first time. So, so what? Just because it's going to be broken, they didn't want to put the word toiv? So, Amar Rashi, Rashi says, if the, the Tata would have wrote toiv in the Luchis and were broken, good would have been seized from amongst Klal Yisrael. Amar Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says like this, Haraya tes if somebody sees the letter tests in his dream, Simon Yafalai, this is a very good sign for him. So the Gemara asks, to my time, what's what's so special about seeing a test in your in your cholim? Ilema, we should see if you're going to say because toiv starts with a test. So now he asks an Ema, let's look at Pasuk Yishai. The Pasuk Yishai says, which that's referring to literally means I will sweep him with the broom of destruction. Over there, he's speaking about that the Abish is going to bring different Peronius. Hashem is going to destroy Bubble, um, like like you sweep the you know sweep the house. He's going to sweep. He's going to destroy. Uh, you know, he's going to destroy destroy the the enemies. And what do we see over there? Vetatea. It says test, and it means uh, destruction. So the Gemara answers Chad test Kamrinun. But we said that somebody who sees a test in his dream, uh, it's a good sign. That's if he sees one test. 
one test that we say is toif. But for example, with also, which has two tesin, that's not a good sign. So now the Gemara asks, Emo, but let's look at the Pasuk in Eicha, Tumasa Bishula. It says about the Yishalayim sinning, so what does it say? Tumasa Bishula, that uh, Hashem is going to clean out Yishalayim from their sins. So it also uses the Lushan of uh, one test. So the Gemara says, Test base Karmun. When he says that Araya test Bechalayim means when you see Tess and a base. Toif. You see a tess and a base together, then it's a simon yafa. So the Gemara says, Ema tovu ba'eret shara. We see by, yeah, by tovu ba'eret shara, we see tess and base, and it means to drown. So therefore, the Gemara says this. Ella, rather, the reason why somebody sees a test b'chalim is a simen yafa is because hayol pasach be'akosel the Since the first test in teda speaks is is speaks about the first test is is good. Because from pasik the the first few psukim in the teda b'reishes till pasik dalid, it does not use the lotion of test. It doesn't use a test at all. And only then it says kitoif. So since the first time in the Teda that it uses test speaks about good, so we say the test is a good thing. Even though sometimes, like the Mephoshim explained, even though sometimes it denotes something which is not uh, not good. Another thing. Somebody who sees his eulogy in his dream. And they redeemed him. These words apply if he actually sees his eulogy written down. Now, the Mishnah says, if you remember yesterday, we brought down um, different halachas with behemoths. So he said these halachas, certain halachas apply by all the behemoths. And then it says, um, the Isrikilayim applies to also Bechin Chayav Oifekiyetzaban. Now, so Amr Shlokish or Shlokish says like this. Khan Shana Rebbe. Here, Rebbe, Rebbe Danasi taught Allah from Matisefta that teaches us the statement that birds and Chai uh, and Eif are also subject to the Isra of Kilaim. So Amr Shlokish, Khan Shana Rebbe. Here, Rebbe taught Tarnagail, which means a Tarnagail. Uh, and Tavois Ufasyani, which is like a peacock and a, and a type of another type of bird, Kilaim Zebazet, are Kilaim with respect to each other. In other words, the Allah of Kilaim, you would think Kilaim only speaks to Behema, but he says Kilaim also refers when you take these two different types of birds together, so it's also Kilaim. In fact, obviously, what's the Chedeshir? It's Amr Chaviva, Mishum de Ravu Bahadi Adadi, because they are like put together. Which means they grow up together. So I would think that uh, they grow up together, so it's all one species. Therefore, the Torah tells us, no, it's different types of species, and they have the Isra of Kalayim together. Now, Omar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Goose and wild goose, they are Kalayim with respect to to each other. So, my time, what's the reason? If you say because the pe- this beak has a long beak and this and, and the beak of 
one is short. Alamata, so now the question is Alamata, the question is Gamla Parsiva Gamla Taya with regard to a Persian camel and a Arabian camel, Kai Alam Koi Bahai Katan Koi, where the neck of this one is thick and the neck of that one is thin. Is this considered kilayim? Camels are in fact, uh, 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 there, there are two variants of camels, but it's one species. So just because they have different features, but it's all one type of species. So Lam Rabbi Abayah says like this. The reason why, by the, the, like the goose, the domestic goose and the wild goose are different is because that baits in bachutz. This one is baits in the testicles are visible from outside. And this one, the domesticated goose, his testicles are inside. Papa Amra, where Papa says that the wild goose releases only one egg in its ovary and later releases another. And that one, the domestic goose, releases several eggs at once in its ovary. So not considered to be the same species. He says, person who cross breeds two species of creatures that live in the sea gets malchus for the isser of kilayim my time what's the reason we learn from limineo it says according to its species referring to the animals on dry land and it says limineo referring to sea creatures so just like there is isser of crossbreeding of kilayim by creatures there's going to be an isser in a yam as well with regards to a person who drives a wagon on the seashore with a goat and a shibuta. A shibuta is a, cer- a certain uh, species of fish together pulled by the goat on the land and the fish at the sea. The Allah is ma'u, what's the Allah? Is he over the isr of kilayim, working with kilayim, the same way that when one plows with an ox and a donkey working together? So, l'chayda, over here also, even though it's an animal and it's a sea, a sea animal, so is there kilayim? Do I say, Do we say like this? Since the goat does not go into the sea and the shibuta does not ascend onto the land. So you can't call them working together. So there's no issue of kilayim. Or perhaps, in any event, he's now driving the wagon with both of them and now he's over the issue of kilayim. Interesting question. If a person joined wheat and barley together in his hand, and he sowed the wheat in Eretz Yisrael and barley outside of Eretz Yisrael, where the Isser of Kilayim does not apply to seeds, is Yichayiv? There are two distinct regions, and the seeds are not considered to be mixed together. So Amri, the Chacham, said, happy to convey the two cases. There, the case of planting diverse kinds of seeds, is specifically Eretz Yisrael that is the location subject to the obligation. Whereas Eretz Yisrael is not a location subject to the obligation of Kilayim. I'm sorry. Here, in the case of the person driving the wagon, the land and the location, the sea, are locations that are subject to the obligation of Kilayim. So if one works together, two different species, either on the land or the sea, he is Chayim. Therefore, the question is a valid question. So I wonder if that's the Aloha. Right? Yeah, that's what I love. That's what's brought down the Shulchan Aruch. And the Rambam says, where? The Rosh is Machmer, yeah. The Rosh is Machmer, okay, interesting. Yeah, I said the Hirach, yeah, it's a Mesafik, he brings up the Rambam, the Rosh. 
that Mesavah comes from the Chumrah of Asa, the Anagal, Aydeh, Min, Echad, Shabiyabosh, Shabiyabosh, Shabiyam. Yeah, why would it matter? Yeah, yeah. It's in the, you know, one's in the... He's on the potter. Huh? Right, the Ramam says, it's Asa, but if he did it, ain't he like it? Yeah, okay. Had in Allah, Shesh, Nogat, Nesapara. Okay, now we're going to begin. Guys, come to a Chazara, Vakenis. All right, now we're going to begin a very famous pedic, which uh, brings everybody. Every, it brings everybody like uh, it brings everybody back to cheder. Many people in fifth grade and sixth grade. We have some sixth graders or seventh graders who are going to do a chazar now of akenis. Um, and as well, we'll have in mind also if any of the even a chaver not learning dafiemi every day. Um, if you just want to use these recordings to do a chazar or learn with your son, you're welcome to with the simcha with levav. All right. Hakainis. The Mishnah says like this. Hakainis saying that there, if a person brought sheep into a deer, into his pen. Now, v'nol b'fanel karo, and he locked the door appropriately. He locked the door before it appropriately. And nebach v'yotza v'hizika. And now the sheep went out and caused damage to another person's field. How did it cause damage? Either by eating something or trampling on it. So what's the din? Potter. The owner is potter, the owner of the deer, or, or the owner of the, the tzain, is potter from any of the damage that the tzain damaged. Why? Because he locked it appropriately. However, if he did not lock the door before the sheep, in an appropriate way, in an appropriate manner, and then then the sheep went out and caused damage. So then, Chayiv, the owner is Chayiv. Why? Because he's a Peshea. He did not safeguard the sheep. So that's the first day of the Mishnah. Hakenis, if somebody leads, brings sheep into a pen, so if he locks it properly, and then the sheep got out and damaged, so he's put there because, like Rashi says, what should he have done? But if... Yeah. But if he did not lock it properly and then it went ahead and the damage, the Mishnah says, Chayev is going to be Chayev. Next in, Nifratza Belayla. Now, here we're talking about a case. The owner locked the door of the pen appropriately. But the wall of the pen was Nifratza Belayla. It was breached at night. Either it was breached, there was an Oynes, or it was breached by the animals in there. Or bandits now broke the wall. And now the sheep went out and caused damage by eating or trampling. So what's the din? The Allah is Vaitir Pater. The owner of the sheep is Pater from any Chiyav. Why? Because the owner locked the sheep up properly. What happened? The wall fell down or Listim came in and broke the wall. The sheep got out and damaged. That's not on the owner. However, if robbers themselves took the sheep out of the pen and now started playing with the with the with the sheep and the animals then caused damage so then that then list him of him the the bandits the robbers are going to be chayef they wouldn't be chayef they reached the wall and bounced when i'm being the the the, the ball i mean okay we're gonna see we're gonna see in the gemara all these uh all these 
Now, here, the owner left the animal in the sun, causing the animal to suffer. Or, the owner of the animal gave it to a cherish. And then, what happened was, so he gave it to a cherish, which are not shy to guard. And the animal went out and caused damage. So then Chayev, the owner is Chayev because it was a Peshea. He left the animal in the sun. He should have left the animal in the sun. Or he gave it, gave it to Acher Shetavikot and then he's going to be Chayev. Misara Lareya, next in. If the owner now, if the owner of um, gave the animal to a shepherd to care for, he says, I want you to watch, you're a shepherd, I want you to watch my sheep. So the Allah is Nichnas the shepherd enters in the place and he is responsible for the damage. Nafal if the animal went and fell into a garden and he derived benefit from produce there, the owner pays the owner pays for the animal that it derived and not for other damage cost. If the animal descended into the garden in its usual manner and caused damage there, Shalem is Masha Ziki. Its owner pays for what it damaged. So the Mishnah says, Kate said, how, how so? How does the basin appraise the value of the damage when the owner pays for what it damaged? Shaman Sada. So the basin appraises, what do they do? They appraise a large piece of land with an area required for sowing one sub seed in that field. In other words, including the garden bed in which the damage took place. So the base that includes how much it was worth before the animal damaged and how much it's worth now, and now the owner has to pay this difference. So the base then appraises not only the garden bed that was eaten or trampled, so the, rather the depreciation and value of the bed as part of the surrounding area which would come out that it's a smaller payment, as the damage appears less significant in the context of the large area. Rishim and Amen of Rishim says like this, This that we say that the Beisden appraises applies only in the case where the animal ate unripe produce. So, But if it ate ripe produce, then the owner pays the value of the ripe produce. If it ate a saw, then he has to pay a sasayim. If, if it's a sasayim, then he has to pay a sasayim. That's what the Mishnah says. So just uh, very quickly, somebody who brings in their tzayin into a pen and locks it properly, then, and it damages, so then he'll be putter. But if he did not damage it properly, then the halacha is, and it damaged, then the halacha is ischayim. If the um, the wall breached at night, or listim came and the sheep got out, so then the owner will be putter. But if the listim were the ones who were playing with the sheep, so then, and the sheep damaged, then the listim will be chayib. If um, he left it in the sun, or he gave it to a chayib to be cut, then and it damaged, then he'll be chayib because he was negligent. If he gives it to a shepherd, the shepherd now becomes fully responsible. If the sheep fell into a garden, and and had no way there, so that's the the owner has to pay whatever it had no. If it fell kedarka and then it damaged, so it has to damage, it has to pay what it damaged. And the Mishnah gave examples. 
And then Shimon says, that's all but unripe, but if it's ripe, he has to pay what he ate. Okay. Now the Gemara says, Tanar We said, What does it mean, Karo? So the Mishnah says, We're talking about if he locked the door in such a way that the door is able to withstand a typical wind and the door doesn't collapse or open by the typical wind, this is considered appropriate. Now, what does it mean? If it's unable to withstand a typical wind, this is considered shalakuro. So now he says, Who is the Tana who taught that with regards to an animal that are in Mu'id, that it's sufficient for the owner to provide only a Shemitah Pechusa, reduced safeguard? Now, the Mishnah deals with damage categorized as shame of eating and regal trampling. And we know when it comes to Shane Viregal, as we learned a few times, all animals are considered a mu'it. So what did our Mishnah say? Our Mishnah said that Akrain is saying the deer and over Now, so the question is, who is the Tana who holds that we're talking about an animal which is a mu'it? The animal went out and damaged with Shane Viregal. Yet our Mishnah says that if it was no kuro, which means that you that you safeguard it in a way that it, it that you locked it properly, that it could stand a ruach mitsuya, that's considered a good shmira, which would mean that by a muid, even a shmira pchusa is okay, because our Mishnah says it's ta- it's 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 potter. And where it says, Who's that Tana Rabbi This is Rabbi Yudah, the Thran, Rabbi Yudah learns within the Mishnah. Rebmeir says, if an owner of an ox tied it with reins to a fence or locked it with a gate before uh, appropriately, but nevertheless the ox went out and caused damage, whether the animal is a tamar wood, he's going to be chayef. Why? Because, hastus, you didn't, you didn't uh, properly guard it. This is like this. Tam, by a tam, then it'll be chayef. Even if he safeguarded it appropriately. Why? Because the tater does not limit Shemitah for a tam animal. But a muid, but in regards to a muid, he will be putter from payment. Why? Shemitah, the Pesach says, And the owner has not secured it. And this ox that was tied by the reins was secured. Now, we have this already. The only way to safeguard an ox is by killing it. So, who, according to this Mishnah, only Rabbi Yehuda maintains that a Shmira Pachus is sufficient to render uh, exempt from the liability of an animal which is a Mu'ad. So the Mishnah says, I feel tamed a mayor. I can even tell you that our Mishnah is a mayor. Shani, Shane Venegel, and he says that Shane Venegel is different. Why? Over there, the terror limited the safeguarding to them. He says that there are four manners in which the Torah limited the requirement standards of safeguarding, which are pit and fire, eating and trampling. And the Gemara says, The Torah says that if a man shall open a pit or a man shall dig a pit and not cover it, and an ox or a donkey fell in it, so then the owner shall pay. So we can learn from here, but if he covered it, then even though it's possible that the pit would be uncovered in the future, 
Torah says, um, the, the, the Torah limits the required standard of safeguarding with regard to the category of fire, the one who kindled the fire shall pay compensation, which is interpreted to mean that one is put there, unless he acts in a manner that is similar to actively kindling the fire in another property by being a peshea. Shane, the Torah limits by Shane, the eating, the ksiv, ubir, bestiacher, and it fed in the field of another. Adaovid kein, ubir, which teaches us that the owner does not bear the chiyuv unless he acts in a manner that is similar to causing his animal to feed there by being negligent. Regal, the Torah says, um, to requires the shmir with regards to the category of trampling. Ksiv is shidach, as it says, and he set his animal loose. Adaovid kein, bishidach, unless he acts in a manner that is similar to setting his animal loose. Ve'atanya, Vitanya, we learned in Abraisa, Vishilach, when it says Vishilach, Zeregel, this refers to trampling. That send forth the feet of the ox and the donkey. Beer, and what does it mean to beer? Zashen, this refers to eating. We have this already in Daf Beis and Daf Gimel, as one consumes the tooth until it will be all gone. Time the Ovid Kain, Vishilach, beer. The reason of the owner's liability is specifically that he acted in a way that is similar to setting the animal loose or cause it to feed. Which we can learn how loy ovid, but if he did not act in such a manner, loy, even if he provided a shmir pchusa, he's not chayv. Omar Rabbi Rabbi says, Masis and Nemideke, you can see this precisely from our Mishnah. What did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah used the expression, a sheep. Now, we're dealing with a sher that went ahead and damaged. So, Nisni Sher, why does the Mishnah give the example of a sher? Why give the example of a tzain? So, where it says, Maishna Diktani Tzain. So, why does the Mishnah give the example of a sheep? Is it not because the Torah limited its requirement specifically to guard it against damage that is more likely to be caused by sheep? In other words, caused by Shane and Regal. Since sheep are unlikely to gore. If so, the wording of the Mishnah is according to the opinion of a mayor who holds that a Shmita. Um, that the Shmita Pekusa is sufficient only with regards to Shane and Regal, but not by Goring. The Mar says, Love. No. Shundakan Keren like Sibe. He says, The thought is so. It's because, it's not because Goring is not written. Shen Veregal Udik Sibe. It's only Shen Veregal. The Kamash from the Shen Veregal teaches us that Shen Veregal is the Muadanain. The Mar says, Shaman Mina, you're talking right. The Gemara concludes that this is the reading of the Mishnah, and you can learn from here that the Mishnah may even be in accordance with the opinion of. Rabbi Mayer. All right, tomorrow we'll we'll continue by Tanya. Bow.